At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSIN studios here from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. It is Odds On, Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shaw. And Amal, we have a fantastic 60 minutes for the folks here on this Thursday, February 17th. Coming up on the show, make sure to tweet at us, at VEASAN Live, at Amal Shaw 1, at Femi Abebefe. You guys know the deal by now. But on the show, Amal in Femi's Fire at 11.45. Amal went 0-1 last night. I went 0-2. Had laid the points with Illinois. I just felt just horrific. Probably about 10 minutes into that game. Also had a bad beat. Not a bad beat, really, but it was unfortunate that the under did not come home for Mississippi State and Alabama. We'll discuss that later on in the show. Full breakdown of today's college basketball card at 11.15, including a Big Ten game tipping off in less than two hours between Minnesota and Penn State. A look at today's NBA slate in 30 minutes, final games before the All-Star break. Also, we discuss MVP odds in the NBA. ESPN's Tim Bontemps, I'm not sure if you saw this at all, came out with his second straw poll of the season. Interesting nuggets in that poll. But first of all, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. If I knew who Tim Bontemps would, I would care what the straw poll was. ESPN NBA writer. And, okay. So well, he, he, ta- he talks to the people who vote on the awards. So actionable information through that because it is a popularity contest, an award that is decided by the voters. Yeah, I generally think, though, they tend to get it right on most of these things. Mm-hmm. And those it's not a situation where, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear cut. You look at Giannis so far this year, averaging almost 30 points a game, leading the league in scoring, having a tremendous season. I thought that 17 for 21 performance the other night for 50 points. One of the best things I've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, oh, it's just it was incredibly impressive. But he is not among the top two players right now in Who is said Joel, straw Joel Embiid and Chris we'll, Paul. We'll discuss that at 11.45 of all. That Come is on, a tease, people, baby. Right? That's a tease. That's, that's not, <laughs> let me tell you something. If you told me to wait for 45 something, forty-five minutes or something, there's no way I'm hanging around. It's not important enough for me to hang around. Now, if you tell them you got to play that we can fade, then they'll be in. I mean, give, I gave them Duquesne last yeah, night. They okay, only Duquesne. lost by 25. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was it was not a great night for us. I mean, it was not a great night. But you know what? We're, we, it doesn't stop us from firing away, okay? Because sometimes you have good nights, you have bad nights. But we're going to try to get a good night. No, here but I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I deserve to lose last night. Taking a team mm-hmm. that's lost ten in a row. By the way, great effort there by uh, Dan Broad's team. Way to come out of the locker room yesterday at home. Jesus, give me a break. At least make an effort in the game. You get beat up by GW. I think we can get five guys here from Beeson and give GW a game. 
the uh, the Pescataway Pixie Dust did not run out yesterday as I was fading Rutgers, who now is just on an absolute tear throughout the Big Ten. Just I think five ranked opponents they've beaten so far this season. The Scarlet Knights team is uh, not to be trifled with when they're at home. Yeah, is the uh, first, second round going to be in Piscataway? If not, they shouldn't <laughs> be uh, worried about in the tournament. Yeah, it's come tournament time, we'll get that money back fading Rutgers. But we'll get into our college place here at 11.45, like we mentioned, Amal in and Femi's Fire. But first of all, you were on the Lombardi line in the last segment of their show here on VEASAN, which you can watch 9 to 11 Pacific time here on the network. And you had your GM hat on. Michael was talking to you about Jimmy Garoppolo, the GM hat. So now that you have the GM hat on, I want to ask you about the NFL draft because the NFL season is over, but the offseason is just getting underway. And for betters, the draft is the premier event of the offseason. And Amal, before we get into the odds, because we do have some shakeup for the top overall pick in terms of the odds here as of yesterday. But just for you, someone who's bet on the NFL draft in the past, what kind of tips would you have for people who are now getting involved for the first time now that it's become a more prominent thing on the betting calendar? Well, look at several factors. First of all, you look at a team's potential needs, where they need to draft a player in position. Mm -hmm. I think quarterback's generally the easiest fit to figure out. But then you look at a team and see what their uh, need is. For example, Jacksonville, they need an offensive tackle. If yep. they signed uh, Teron Armstead, then they're probably not going to draft a guy like Evan Neal. But if they don't, there's a strong possibility they could take an Evan Neal. Do they trade back to accumulate draft picks? Is there a team that needs a player that could make a change in their entire program that could get them over the top? So you're looking at how a team fits in. You're looking at free agency, what players are potential to leave and walk away from that team. So I think those are all things you consider as you get towards the draft so you can get an idea because it's not an exact science and you're not going to be able to necessarily pinpoint who the team's going to take exactly sometimes mm -hmm. as you get towards it. But you can narrow it down to enough where you've got a pretty good educated guess or calculation on which one you want to bet on or how you should bet the draft. Yeah, and I think one of the big things for the draft coming up here in a couple of weeks is the NFL scouting combine. It's yeah. the first week of March, and you tend to start to hear some of the nuggets coming out of the combine about who might be a guy who's rising, who might be a guy who's falling, a little bit of clarity at the top right now since we don't have a quarterback that people can point to like last year with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I would agree with you, but I like these quarterbacks in this draft. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. don't. I like Pickett. I like his accuracy. I like Matt Corral. That guy's a tough son of a gun, man. I want a guy like that on my team. Look at that one play. I think it was against Arkansas. They almost decapitated him, but he still makes the two-point conversion. Uh, I like Malik Willis's athletic ability. I think he's pretty good. Sometimes his accuracy leaves a little bit to be desired, but I like some of these guys at the top. They may not be the franchise-changing quarterbacks, mm -hmm. but sometimes you see guys that are drafted elsewhere and they turn out to be you know, the man. So it, it just really kind of depends on how you see each of these individual quarterbacks. But the one thing I don't like about the combine is, you know, when you have these guys run the 40, I've never seen a player out there <laughs> in a wife beater. Just put them on, put a helmet on, put on some shoulder pads because, you know, Jerry Rice didn't have great 40 speed, yeah. but I don't remember Rice getting caught from behind too often. And to me, there's a difference between running and track speed as opposed to football speed. And I think that's very important. And I would like to see somebody actually when you work out in a realistic situation. It's like Vince Lombardi said, one of the great quotes of all time. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And I think you need to simulate something that's very comparable to what you're going to see on a field on Sunday. Because there are guys, and I don't know why necessarily. Maybe it's the pads. Maybe it's just a different feel. But we see some guys, they don't have the greatest 40 times. But you don't catch them. And then yeah. there are other guys, you know, they always oh, a four, two, nine, but then we forget John Ross couldn't catch a cold at the Arctic Stur circle standing naked. Yeah. That's my guy to a Husky. Man, it's he's not good. <laughs> that's, that's my guy. But Hey, he was on the team that made the college football playoff. And that's probably the only one the Huskies will make uh, for the foreseeable future. Getting back to this NFL draft. I want to show you the odds because we got a little bit of movement here at the top. So yesterday, 
at DraftKings, Michigan pass rusher Aiden Hutchinson was plus 160, the favorite. Now, a lot of mock drafts early on, right after the college ball season, had Hutchinson around that one or two spot here. Evan Neal, plus 200. Kayvon Thibodeau, plus 350, and so on and so forth. But as of yesterday, because we're now, as of this week, Amal, we're starting to see Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal be mocked at number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you now see his odds at DraftKings to where he has become the favorite at plus 150. Aiden Hutchinson now plus 175. Then you have Thibodeau plus 380. Akeem Aquanu, who's seen as kind of a riser there from NC State, the offensive tackle, he's plus 500. Then a precipitous drop to get to quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty. But what do you make of that move here as we're now seeing Evan Neal as the front runner early on? And I do emphasize early on to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, from my perspective, I think it's a little bit too early to make a determination because, first of all, these guys are going to go through the workouts. And if you've got somebody that's comparable, uh, all of a sudden they could rise ahead of an Evan Neal. And, mm-hmm. But I will say the other thing for Hutchison and Thibodeau, why they're viable candidates to be the first overall pick is because if you look at the success the last two years of edge rushers drafted highly, Chase Young out of Ohio State at number two, he ends up as uh, the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, you look at Micah Parsons out of Penn State, he ends up as a uh, defensive rookie of the year. So I think there's some value to be placed in some of these edge rushers having mm-hmm. an impact right away in their careers. And if they believe Hutchison or Thibodeau or those types of players, those are guys that could go. You look at uh, this team, the kid out of Kentucky that plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars on the edge. Um, uh, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had good success there. You put it, somebody else on the opposite side of him, I think they feel pretty good about that, but you need to protect uh, Trevor Lawrence's blindside, also help the running game. So there's a, there's a number of possibilities here. I personally feel like it's a little bit too early to make this decision. Yeah. You know, we're, we're almost, what, two, two, two and a half months away? I mean, yeah, late April is when the draft is right. here in Vegas. So you've got a situation where a lot remains to be seen, how they go through the workouts. The interview process is very uh, much a huge factor in that in terms of how this plays out. So a lot of different things to take into consideration. I think, too, because as someone, before I became a better, I was someone that was like a draft junkie. I consumed the draft because I just like the team aspect, uh, team building aspect of the NFL draft. And one thing I think early on, if you'd never have followed the draft from January all the way until draft day in April, is that early on, the mock drafts are more so opinions of the author. Whoever made the mock draft, let's say Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay or Lance Zerline or Daniel Jeremiah, those guys, Early, it's their opinions, essentially. Here's what my big board says. Here's where I would slot these guys. Once you get to the combine, once you get to that stage, once they start talking to these decision makers, I think that's where things can differ a little bit. So I wouldn't read 100% into what you're seeing early in this process. Well, not only that, I'll tell you one thing I know from back in 20 years ago. Uh, agents would pay some of these guys to put their guys up higher. That's just the reality. That's but I a know dirty secret. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not necessarily clear cut. You know, a lot of times... You hear people placed up there. That's why guys who are great like Bill Polian, they don't worry about the outside noise. They dress on Edron James, and they wind up in the Hall of Fame, and Ricky Williams takes uh, Mike Ditka to the graveyard with him. (laughs) No, that is the early uh, dirty secret, I should say, of the draft. Because you'll see the thought process of who's rising, who's falling, and typically it's the media almost trying to play catch-up to what the people in the actual league think about these guys. And also, just information, you're going to be inundated with it with this NFL draft. I mean, look at last year with the number three overall pick. I mean, Adam Schefter, probably one of the most reputable insiders in all of media, was saying that Mac Jones was going to be the third overall pick for the 49ers and ends up being Trey Lance. So you also have to handicap certain front offices. Some are favored forward, like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys. Some play it close to the vest, like the San Francisco 49ers. 
Well, the reality of it is, in a game of strategy, why would you disclose what you're going to do? Yep. I mean, to me, it makes no sense. I actually love the fact that somebody told Matt, told him Mac Jones is going. Yeah. Why Why would you be honest? You're going to find out in a minute here. No need to be transparent on this thing. It there doesn't other, benefit us. No, it doesn't you. benefit you. There are other things where it does because teams will make a decision. If they feel you're going to draft this player and they want him, maybe they're willing to give you something. Remember when John Lynch bamboozled the Chicago Bears and Ryan Pace for Mitchell Trubisky? How did that work out for you? <laughs> I mean, so I, I think you have to be kind of coy in terms of what information you let out. Yeah, and I think that's the, the one of the things that these teams definitely do, that you have to make sure that you're kind of keeping tabs of what the information is. I think when we get closer, sometimes we get to see a little bit more accuracy from the mock drafts. I mean, think about 2018. We didn't know until probably as early as the day before that Baker Mayfield was going to be the number one overall pick to the Cleveland Browns. And this year, since there's no quarterback atop the list, I think that we're going to get a ton of different names. Akeem Aquanu, Dame Brugler of the Athletic, put him at number one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And also, just because the Jaguars are picking number one right now, doesn't mean they will pick number one come April. Trades do happen, so keep an eye out for that. So on the other side, college hoops, a full slate of card here on a Thursday. We'll discuss it at length. It is Odds On. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Odds on with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now to the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness. Sign up today. Welcome back. It is Odds On coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Amal Shah, tidying things up here as he gets ready for the college basketball slate. Amal, anything that stood out to you last night in college hoops? Obviously, the game of the day was Baylor and Tech and the Red Raiders once again with a big performance at home in Lubbock. Yeah, I was really impressed by them. I thought this was a pretty decent spot for Baylor, even though they were on the road revenge game here. But Texas Tech gets it done and give them a lot of credit. Wish I had taken them at home. They were only laying two, a fairly cheap price there. Uh, the other thing that impressed me, and I know a lot of people may not have caught this, out in the Mountain West, UNLV starting to play fairly well. They knock off Fresno State last night mm-hmm. up at the Save March Center. The Fresno State team had gotten off to a pretty quick start so far this year, but ni- a nice job by uh, UNLV in that spot. And um, 
tell you what, you, you look around the country, Auburn continues to play well. They get a good 14-point win. UConn ekes out a win against Seton Hall. So some of the usual suspects that you thought might play well, but I'll tell you, um, you know, we know Duke made a coaching change, but I don't think it's going to be too far down the line that North Carolina is looking to make a coaching change. Hubert Davis, ain't it. And it's, I don't like to use the word ain't, but he ain't it. <laughs> I, I want to give him some time. For but, what? But it's just... I mean, to just open it to, for to, what? Well, give him time to get acclimated. He's been on the job acclimated. for five minutes. I don't, I don't, care, if you've been on, I don't <laughs> care if you've been on the job for a nanosecond. You don't lose to Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, that, I mean, it's a terrible loss. Like, I like, there's no defending that loss here, but, I mean, he's not the first person who suffered a terrible loss and became on to be a good coach. So maybe practice a little patience here, Amal, with Hubert Davis at Chapel Hill. You know, these guys don't work for free. No, I mean, that's... So what, what's the point in being patient? There's no reason to be. You know, he's getting paid. He's, he got the keys to a Maserati. He's driving it like he's in a school zone. So we should be patient with general managers, but no, not head coaches. No, what I'm saying is what general managers do is, no, listen to me. Okay. Now, you want to be a smartass on this? Well, let me correct I'm you on this. I'm going to be no, a no, smartass. <laughs> let me tell you something. What happens with the GM is he signs a guy to a contract that doesn't uh-huh. deserve it because he's like, let me just sign whoever the biggest name in free agency is, even if he doesn't help our program. A guy like Hubert Davis takes over a team that's got Caleb Love. You got Armando Baycott, a team that's shooting almost 40% from the three-point line. You're a 14-point favorite against Pittsburgh. You can't beat a Jeff Capel team that's losing at home teams like Vandy, barely getting by against teams like Towson, and you get run out of the building at the Dean Dome down double digits at home? It's bad. It's terrible. But it's one, it's less than a year or more. I mean, listen, I <laughs> forgot. Less- you're from the state of Washington. You're used to losing. <laughs> I come from Ohio State. We expect winning. <laughs> okay. That's it. That's the bottom line. I get it. Listen, it's a different mentality in life. Some people are winners. Some people are losers. You know what? In my life, if you're second, you're last. It's all the right. same thing. Recky Bobby here, buddy. All right. Ohio State basketball has all those banners hanging up there in the in the, in the arena, huh? That's, that's working out well for you guys. I, the program sucks. <laughs> they haven't won a national title since 61. But the difference in my book is I think you suck if you don't win. That's it. It's about winning. Life is very it, simple in sports. You win or you lose. And one team out of 68 teams can win the national That's championship. That's the problem with your attitude. That's one why team, you're a Washington guy. Team. So well, go back and bring so, back Ty Willingham. Maybe you guys can actually win a football game. In college basketball, Amal is suggesting that 67 coaches should be replaced at the end of tell every me season. Tell me something. And the one coach who wins the title should get an extension. Tell me and something. And if they don't win it next year, fire them. No, what I'm saying is how many people are taking over a blue blood like North Carolina? Yeah, no, no, he's taking over. What did Roy do when he got to Carolina? He won three national titles. The the first year he won a national title? No. It's a transition period, Amal. Well, I'll tell you what, you should be a Hubert (laughs) Davis' agent because the guy sucks. We all know it. Why don't we ask the people in Chapel Hill what they think of him? Let's settle down. Let's settle down. No, 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 no. Come on this show and tell me to settle down. down. No, no, seriously. No, No, don't do that. That's crap. Don't do that. You want to fire the guy after five minutes, Amal? He's just got on the job. Look at, they have not, they don't have a single quad one win. So was North Carolina, you had high expectations on this team heading into the year? The ACC sucks. Do you know (laughs) college basketball or not? They suck along with them as well, is what I'm saying. This, I can't work with somebody who's got this loser mentality. I'm serious. You're trying to tell me the whole league sucks. The whole league sucks, and you're okay with them sucking. No, I mean, it's but it's one year, Amal. If it continues who's next year, who's the second year, best team in that league? Notre, Notre Dame, Mike Price trying to get fired there. Swarbuck's going to have to you, sign him to an extension. You replace him after the second year. If it's going poorly after year two, then you replace him. This attitude of, hey, we didn't make the Final Four. We didn't win the national title. Let's look for another coach. You're going to be looking for a coach every year, Amal. Earl Bruce never lost more than three 
three games in Ohio State, he got fired. Okay, Think about that okay. for a minute. We're not Washington. Okay, Earl Bruce is now coaching North Carolina basketball, I guess, as well. No. Uh, let, 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 but Where do you find people <laughs> this stupid job? <laughs> it's, it's, you're not making any sense, Amal. You're making no sense at There are all. expectations at certain programs. Yes. USC doesn't keep guys around that go to bowl games. There are certain programs. Bill Guthridge went to a Final Four and got fired. He has only been on job for less than a year. You're acting like he's been there for three, four years. If he sucks next year, fire him. Have they been competitive coach. against top teams? Fire him. No, you... they've lost. They've gotten blown out against top teams. They've beaten bad teams. That's what bad teams do. They're an average basketball team. North Carolina is the pinnacle outside of, you, outside of UCLA, Kansas, and Kentucky is the pinnacle of blue blood of college basketball. So blue blood never has a bad program, like never See, has a bad year. UCLA had bad years. They're a blue blood. Tell me what years were bad for the Bruins in the last 20 years. They've been bad. There was teams after they fired Howland and all that stuff. They were not good. Just this past year now with Mick Cronin. Yeah, they went to the Final Four. A team that was playing in the play-in tournament. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas has lost <laughs> back-to-back games at home since 89. Have they had bad years? Oh, no, my yeah, point no, is, Kansas, yeah, Kansas is a great program. But Kansas oh, so it's okay for KU. No, but it's not. It's okay. It's but, it's not okay for KU, but it's okay for Carolina. But Kansas has not won the national title since 2008. So, so Bill Self should be fired. If you're not first, you're last, according to you. Everybody, Ask everybody in Lawrence what they think of Bill Self, the most overrated coach in college basketball. Okay, people in Lawrence now want to fire Bill Self, and his team is in line to be a number one seed in the tournament. Okay, that makes a lot of you sense. Should, you should be an AD. <laughs> you believe in mediocrity. I don't. I don't believe you're in You're like mediocrity. the guy, if there's 400 people for an interview, and one person gets a job, you're like, well, I finished second. No, you know what? You get paid the same as the other 399 candidates that didn't get the job. Okay. We should now replace Bill Self. No, no, I Kansas. just can't believe you defend a loser like Hubert Davis. I'm saying it's less than a year is what I'm saying, Amal. You want to fire the guy who's been there for half a, a second. That would a, never a, happen a, to anybody else with a pulse head coach. A, a Duke team that is much better than them, and the market feels that they're much better than them, and they got Wait, beat. wait, wait. Didn't Wake Forest almost they hit a 90-foot buzzer beater against they them? Got oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, almost. They got beat by a team that is better than them. I am now shocked and now want to fire the head coach. That's what we're doing now. Well, look at Carolina. Tell me, <laughs> how, how do they fare against Villanova? They got blown out. How do they fare against Purdue? They got dusted. Yeah, how do these they are all against teams that are better. These are all teams that are better. Zero than quad one wins and in an ACC. Like, that's terrible. Should they be more competitive in those games? Yes, they're North Carolina. They should be more competitive. I agree with you there. However, what I'm saying, he's been there for five minutes, Amal. The guy hasn't even unpacked his boxes yet. Like, let, let him actually get the You're program You're acting like he brought in 13 new That's players this year. You act, you're acting like there were leftover guys well, from last get, year's let's team. Let's get the program. If it continues next year, then they can fire Hubert Davis. But after five minutes, that's just being irrational, and I think you know that as well. How is it? Listen, the objective in sports is to win. What happened to Carolina last year? Let's look at the Big Ten here, Amal. 1, 1 o'clock p.m. We got an early tip. Minnesota taking on Penn State. Nittany Lions, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Total 128. I think this is a little bit of a high number for Penn State to lay. I don't think Penn State's the type of team you want to lay points with. We see they're competitive at home. Knock off Michigan State. Tight game against Michigan. They had an opportunity to win that game. Uh, A game against uh, Illinois this year. Excuse me, Indiana. They win that game at home. This Minnesota team has really struggled. They have not been particularly strong. Two and eight so far in their last ten games. And really struggled away from the barn so far. Just three and six on the road. I think Penn State wins the game. But I don't want to lay almost six points with this uh, Penn State team at home, despite the fact that the Gophers have had their issues. Iowa's laying points against a Michigan team coming up here. Hawkeyes, Wolverines, one of the better games in the Big Ten. Iowa, five-point favorites, total 149.5. We've seen a little bit of movement to the under. Open 151.5, now 149.5 a mall. Do you agree with that movement on the under in terms of total? Also, what do you think of the side? 
I, I could, you know, it's hard to go with the under on this game simply because Michigan is willing to go with tempo against yeah. the Hawkeyes, and that's going to favor Iowa here. I think the number is right where it should be. I had this game coming out at five and a half, but I think this number is exactly where it should be. It's going to be interesting. Michigan needs this game. They're just three and six on the road so far, but they had an opportunity at home against Ohio State. They lose that game. Good bounce back spot potentially for them because the one thing we know is Iowa does not defend particularly well. Let's see if they can kind of build on that win they had against Purdue the other day. This Hawkeyes team really needs to be a little bit more consistent. They've won three in a row, but when you look at some of the opponents, not exactly murderers row, Minnesota Mm -hmm. at Maryland, Nebraska at home. This is going to be a far more competitive game. But I lean towards the Hawkeyes here. Murray's been outstanding. You know, when you look at the Big Ten players of the year, you're looking at three to four different guys, and I think Keegan Murray's got to be right near the top of that list. Johnny Davis, for me, would be the favorite at this point in time. Yeah, he's been terrific over there at Wisconsin. Big win for them against Indiana on the road the other night there. Cincinnati hosting Wichita State, a closely contested game here. Bearcats, two-point favorites, total 136 out there in the American Athletic. You know, to me, uh, I look at the Cincinnati team. They're not quite as good as they've been in years past. And I still think, though, they're a tough out because Wichita State doesn't shoot the ball particularly well. I like the Bearcats in this game laying two. We have the final night of the NBA coming up here. The All-Star break starts tomorrow. We're going to discuss this NBA card tomorrow. we got about five games here in the association. A fun night of NBA last night. We'll get your thoughts on what we saw there with the Lakers finish. Also, the Golden State Warriors losing to the Denver Nuggets at the buzzer. So on the other side, a look at NBA slate. Final one for a week here. We'll discuss it. It's odds on. I'm all fired up. I'm going to try to cool them off during the break here. You're watching VCD Sports Betting Network. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to this segment of Odds On. It's brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We're at the halfway point here of Odds On, coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shaw. Amal's got his water. He's now been cooled (laughs) off here. Uh, We've brought the temperature down just a tad in the studio. So we'll turn our attention to the association. Last night in the NBA, Amal, I'm not sure how much of this you caught, but the West Coast games were really good. The Lakers, they were down. Anthony Davis suffers an ankle injury. We'll see how long he's out. Reports say that at least two weeks, but it looked like it was a pretty significant ankle injury. We'll get his status, I'm sure, after the All-Star break. But LeBron James leads the Lakers back from behind to beat the Utah Jazz at home. But the ending in Golden State with the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, Passes the ball out to Monte Morris. He hits it at the buzzer for the Nuggets to beat the Warriors last night. So anything that stood out to you in terms of last night's NBA action? Great road win by Denver last night. You alluded to it. Jokic making the smart basketball play, getting the W there. I think this team is going to be extremely dangerous in the postseason. But the Lakers last night, LeBron was outstanding. I think he was 14 Mm -hmm. for 23, really carrying the mantle for this team in the second half of the game. Look, I'm not going to suggest or sit there and say that the Lakers have a chance to make a push. But Mm -hmm. I will say this. If the Lakers are healthy, and if Russ decides he's not going to go Russ, Oklahoma City, I think this team can play fairly effectively. Because if you look at LeBron right now, what is he, third in scoring behind Embiid and, of course, Giannis at the top? Yeah. 
He's had a terrific season for a guy despite his age. He has played at an elite level, almost at an MVP level. Um, I know they're sitting at 27 and 31. I think LA is a team that can be extremely dangerous. But the problem is, if you're in that seven, eight, or nine spot, um, seven or eight spot, you know, you come through the play-in games. You've got to face tougher opponents. And historically, as we know, teams in those seedings just don't fare well. Yeah, and it's going to kind of be similar to what we saw last year when they had to face the Phoenix Suns in the first round, and it's a grueling process just to get through the playing tournament, and injuries has been what's been plaguing this Lakers team for the last two years now, we can say. Right now, the Lakers are the number nine seed in the West. They have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Portland Trailblazers, who are the 10 spot, and they are six games back of the number six seed, the Denver Nuggets. So it's looking like another play-in tournament for the Lakers unless they can dramatically turn things around post all-star break here at 27 and 31 Lakers right now, 40 to one to win the NBA title. But I wanted to ask you about today's slate here, Amal, because these are the games that are the almost like you're, you got the senioritis going. The guys have planned the vacations for all-star break here. And the Miami heat are in Charlotte as five point favorites, total 226 and a half. I'm not suggesting that the heat are going to put it in cruise control mode, but I'm also saying, how much of an effort do we get from this Miami team where a lot of the guys are going on vacay after tonight's game? Well, I'll tell you what, just straight up, regardless of that situation, I like Charlotte at home getting points, generally speaking. This mm-hmm. is the team the other night on Saturday in the in game. You could have got them plus 24 and a half on the in play. <laughs> they ended up making it, they end up coming back in that game, making it a lot closer in that matchup. Uh, it, that's the one thing you want. To me, when you look at this Hornets team against Memphis, they end up losing by seven. But there's some opportunities, and I think this is one where you're catching five. This is a team that could have a good opportunity getting points here in this game. So I I would lean towards the Hornets in this game. Miami's a team, again, once they get healthier, Mm -hmm. they're going to be a team you got to watch out for. I think it's that's that's I, mean, it's I think it's maybe because of the condensed schedule we've had since they came returned to play after they at the stoppage in March of 2020 that it feels like the injuries have been such an impact over the last two NBA seasons and we're not seeing anybody healthy in the teams that are the healthiest like the Phoenix Suns they've had some bench guys that have been hurt but nothing significant for their key guys that's why maybe they're at the number one seed there but they're also a terrific basketball team as well don't want to take anything away from them do you think so in the NFL people have said to me that well because the lack of the two-a-day practices, the mm-hmm. full context had a little bit of an impact in terms of more injuries we see during the regular season. Do you think in the NBA, with the fact that everybody realizes it's about the postseason, and maybe a guy who could come back and say they need to miss five games or six games, they sit out eight or nine because there's no need to rush them back. You want them to yeah. be fully healthy is the case. Or is this actually just injuries and not necessarily a specific way to quantify it? I think like most things, it's a little combination of both. Um, I think it's the, the the mileage of the constant games. I mean, last season we had the four games and five nights returning because they were trying to squeeze the game in to get back to a normal schedule, a normal calendar this year. But then I also think just like you said, like if it's five to six and we can rest you for eight to nine because we have 82, yeah. might as well do that. Why risk it now when we have the playoffs that we're shooting for? Brooklyn Nets are at home. They're taking on the Washington Wizards as four and a half point favorites, total 215 and a half. Brooklyn, how about that comeback last night? Cam Thomas, he's been a scorer since he came out the womb, I think. That guy filled it up at LSU. He's filling it up now that he's getting the opportunities for the Nets here. Do you think they can drum up another solid effort after coming back, erasing a 28-point deficit against the Knicks at the Garden? Well, you know, I I do here. I think that's a momentum builder. And, you know, you look at this Knicks team. Boy, you talk about just kind of (laughs) just collapsing the remainder of your season, especially going into the All-Star break to blow a lead like that, sitting at 25-34 and now. Uh, decent spot here for the Nets against this Wizards team sitting at 26 and 31. Uh, for me, though, 
Uh, I, I don't particularly care for this game, even though Brooklyn had the great come from behind victory. It's very taxing when you have to come from behind like that. You play a lot more intense on defense. Uh, going to stay away from this game. Real quick here, because I want to get to the game of the night, but Dallas, New Orleans, the Mavericks, two and a half point favorites against the Pelicans, total 216. Don't you just take a chance here with Dallas, just simply because this Pelicans team has been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They got beat by 12 the other night by Memphis. Uh, if Dallas is going to get a road game, this is the type of game they should be able to get. They're f- playing fairly well, seven, uh, 7 out of 10 in their last 10 there. Maybe an MVP argument that we can make here in this next game. And we'll discuss a little MVP in the next segment here. But the Philadelphia 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers are in Milwaukee to take on the defending champion Bucks. Bucks six and a half point favorites. Total of 223. Giannis Embiid doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. But I'll tell you, I like Philly here. And the reason is because they got embarrassed the other night. I think when you perform the way they did at home, generally speaking, when you see teams get embarrassed, they tend to bounce back and play more competitive. Uh, I, I think Philadelphia, not only they got a chance here, but I think the price on the money line should be a little bit higher. Now, Milwaukee's a little bit skewed at 260. Mm-hmm. Boy, these are ridiculous splits here. Uh, but for me, I, I think you look at the 76ers plus the six and a half. Yeah, I'm even seeing some places here at Circa. You can get plus 220 if you're interested on uh, the Philadelphia Sixers on the money line. Out West, the last game of the night, last game before the All-Star break, the L.A. Clippers hosting the Houston Rockets, who a lot of people thought would be in vacation mode, but they gave the Phoenix Suns all they could handle last night as double-digit dogs. Clippers 11-point favorites, total 229 and a half here as they try to end the first half of the season, or at least not the first half, but at least heading into the All-Star break on a positive note against the Rockets. Yeah, this Rockets team, I don't know what effort you're going to get out of them on a nightly basis. I feel like they got the G League Ignite team out there half the time. The team's highly inconsistent. But you know what? The Clippers, the same thing. They go into Phoenix the other night. I turn on that game, and it's a tight game mid-third quarter. Sun's going on like 11-12-0 run. And then next thing you know, I turn it off, and I turn back on, and I see uh, the Clippers are right back in the game. So not sure what you're going to get out of this team. Inconsistency is the thing that has plagued them all year long. Well, I think the Clippers might be one of the better live betting teams I would in the NBA because they, they shoot so many threes that if you see them get cold to start off, you just know they're going to keep firing. Eventually, they're going to start to fall there, and maybe you can get some of those threes to fall for you, and they can close the gap in what could be a very big margin here. But that's the NBA slate, Amal. And since we got a little bit of time, we'll discuss it also on the other side. This MVP thing, Amal. It's interesting because Tim Bontemps, he's the ESPN NBA writer over there, and he does a straw poll every kind of yeah. couple week, a couple months, I should say, um, amongst writers and people who might be voting on the MVP award. And the straw poll that came out, the result that came out today, he did one in December, now he did one again today to update it, is that the MVP right now at this juncture of the season is Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. He did have 45 first place votes. Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets had 43 first-place votes here. Giannis was the guy who was third place on this vote here. But what do you think about Embiid being the guy that's being pushed up from the writers thus point in this season with only about 25 games or so left in the regular season? I don't have a problem with it, but I also think part of the reason why Giannis is not being pushed is, first of all, Embiid's been able to do this, obviously, without Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Hurdens just came over. He hasn't even played. So from that standpoint, you don't look at that team being as strong as Milwaukee. Uh, Jokic has been doing it without uh, Murray there, so... I, I think when you see it from that perspective, I think that's a factor that people may look into or take into consideration. Um, but I, I don't know. Still got a long way to go. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think things could change. You got Health is always a concern with Embiid. Yep. Can, can he stay healthy the rest of the way? Probably lost him the award last year. I think he might have won it last year yeah. if he didn't get hurt. But I, I think the Joker's been terrific. Um, you know, look, 
I don't pay attention in terms of the stats on a daily basis to sit there and say one guy deserves it over the other. I think these mm-hmm. three guys have been terrific for their teams. I will say, to me, though, I think the other three guys at the bottom of that list deserve far more credit. I thought Steph was really tremendous the first quarter to first half of the season. Yeah. I think John Morant has carried Memphis at times, even though their record has been very good without him in the lineup. I think he's been tremendous. But I think Chris Paul deserves more consideration. That team in the Valley, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Booker would be putting up his points. Bridges would be a good role player, but this team is sitting at what forty-seven and ten. That's all because of CP forty-eight and ten. Forty-eight and ten. That's because of CP three. Yeah. No, I want to ask you about one guy who's come on as of late. Chicago's Demar Derozan on the other side because his numbers as of late, now that the Bulls have got those guys injured, have been off the charts, and they continue to win out there in the Eastern Conference. On the other side, Amal in Femi's fire. We wrap things up on odds on here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. No more football, no problem. Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials and try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with Life After Football with the Bet Rivers app. Welcome back to the final segment of Odds On, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Amal Shah. And Amal, I just got to address this because the people are concerned. They were wondering, are they going to come back from break and all that stuff? You missed missed the show earlier, and Amal and I got into a nice little discussion about Hubert Davis, head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels. But we're good. I mean, we just have healthy sports debates here before we get things going. Well, first of all, to clarify, anybody that knows me knows I'm going to say my piece, and literally a (laughs) nanosecond afterwards, I'm done. It's It's like a light switch. But you know, look, we, we enjoyed it. I probably went off a little bit too long, which you're correct in saying that, but you know, that's me. So anyway, uh, let's move on to some more bad basketball plays here. Had a rough week so far. You know what? It's a rough week until it's not. That's the, 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 the tide can yeah. turn, you know, we flipped it just like we turned the, the page over of our Hubert Davis debate. We turned the page over from last night's college basketball plays. Duquesne, they didn't get it done for you. But what do you have? Yeah. For them all Femi, in su- today? Suggesting or imply they didn't get it done. It was they had a chance when that ball, the game was over. As soon as the Duquesne team arrived successfully at the arena, you know what? If you open lo- weather would have changed, if you that. lose by one point or if you lose by 50, it's still a loss on the betting t- wager. Well, you know? I- actually, you bring up a fair <laughs> point, which is I would actually rather lose the way Duquesne lost exactly. last night because then you're not even sweating 
sweating it. The worst is when you take a bad beat. I was just looking right now. Buffalo Eastern Michigan played an early game up in Ypsilanti. The total was 152, I think, or 153, mm-hmm. and the game landed 152. So if you had the over, you came up a point short to exactly what you yeah. were saying. I mean, it wasn't as bad for me with Mississippi State Alabama last night, yeah. but I mean, the first half played like we were trending towards the under there, and then all of a sudden there was about 90 points scored in the second half, and I was a uh, kaput. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, it was really the second half because they needed about 50 points with 10 minutes to go. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a lot of points to be able to score in that uh, short duration. It went over there. But let's start out here in college basketball tonight. I want to start out in a game in Moraga. And I just think a team that continues to get no respect, and that's SMC, the St. Mary's Gales at home, uh, laying, they're laying two and a half, but I'm not sure where somebody gave me four at, but okay. Um, Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll check that for you here. I think, well, I'm just I think last I saw was three. I on the overnight. Yeah, last I, I mean, saw was three, so yeah. I, maybe you got some <laughs> market but, movement. Um, but I will tell you this. I would take this thing up to three. I, I, St. Mary's not the type of team I want to lay for. A revenge spot here for the Dons. Remember, they blew that game at War Memorial earlier this yeah. year against SMC. So uh, this is one with St. Mary's at home. Nevada laying eight ho- at a, against San Jose State here. Uh, like them in this particular spot. Um, I just don't like the San Jose State team. Got a lot of chalk today, but... And then Stanford at home against Utah. I, I don't understand this affinity that this uh, the bookmakers have for Utah. Outside of the Huntsman Center, this team can't yep. play. I know they went to double OT, and I had to sweat that game out when I had UW against the Utes. But I really liked Stanford here. I, I think Stanford's a far better team. Spencer Jones is a guy I think is going to have an opportunity to play in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, really been playing well for this team. I like Stanford at home, minus four. Yeah, I was going to say that about Utah. Like when they're away from home, they are not nowhere close to how good they typically play when they're in Salt Lake City. That's always just a tough road trip. That Rocky Mountain road trip of the Colorado Utah Thursday, Saturday for those teams on the West Coast is just always, always death. I, I tell you what, I have bet against Utah so far against Washington State, Washington, Oregon State, and Colorado. I'm 3 0 1 so far. This Utah team continues to get numbers that they're not deserving of in certain spots on the road. And I think this is another example of it at Maples Pavilion. Got to play from the Palm Readers playbook. Hey uh, we're going to go under two and a half goals, minus 125 for two units between Dynamo Zagreb and Sevilla in this matchup here today. Uh, Palm at uh, 36 and 32 plus 315, uh, 3.15 uh, units so far. Came up a little bit short yesterday, but had a good win the other day in PSG. So going to go under again. Dynamo Zagreb and Sevilla under two and a half goals for two units. Is a little La Liga action going on here? I mean, no, no, no. This is a, I don't know. This is Champions League or Europa. Yeah, I think this yeah, is Europa. Europa. There's no Europa. way, there's no way yeah, Zagreb's in yeah, Champions Zagreb, League. Yeah, they're, 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 this has got to be Europa. And they would the, not be in Spain either. That's my Europa. You can tell I paid attention in geography class there. But uh, Sevilla, though, they are in the La Liga. The, uh, this should be a pretty good one here. We'll see what Zagreb does in this matchup. All right, so that's the Palm Raiders playbook. Also, you got Amal in. Here is Femi's fire. Amal, we're going head-to-head with one of the plays. I'm taking the home dog. I'm taking San Jose State plus eight. This interesting scheduling quirk with this because these two teams just played on Tuesday, now playing over there in San Jose. And I just don't think the Steve Offers team is that good to be laying eight points on the road. I think this will be a more closely contested game. It was kind of closely contested out there in Reno with the Wolfpack winning 81-72 here. So I'm going to grab the points with the home team plus eight in this game with the Spartans taking on the Wolfpack. Also, I like Washington. It says Washington State 
uh, the Lakes Washington State logo, which would, if this show was being broadcast in the state of Washington, uh, there, there, there would be just. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you this: our producer would not make it out of the studio alive. That is for sure. <laughs> not, but we we uh, we forgive the uh, the logo of seeing the Cougars there. But I'm going with the Washington Huskies as they take on USC, taking 11 and a half points. Uh, USC is coming off of that big win over UCLA over the weekend. I think they might be it's not really in a sleepy spot here, but they're not getting up for this Washington team. Not when they're playing them in L.A. I don't see that being the case here. So give me Washington and their terrible offense getting 11 and a half points in a Pac-12 game. Uh, let's hope that they at least can get to 60 points here. I think if they do, I think I can be able to cover this game. Yeah, you know what? This I tell you what. I'm a little bit disappointed this Washington State team got off to a little bit slow start. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than people realize, particularly from a defensive side of the ball. USC has really struggled in the first half of game so far this year. Let's see if they can get off to a faster start. You look at Arizona State. You look at the game against, I think it was Pacific, uh, against UCLA. Yeah. They have been sluggish in the first half of games. That Stanford beats them there. Um, th- this team's got to play better early on. This could be a little bit of a big number. I tend to agree with you here, taking the 11 and a half with the Cougars in this matchup. With the Huskies. Oh, I'm sorry. This is why. Wa- oh, yes, wow. Yes, with the Huskies. I'm sorry, the sorry. logo's throwing you off. Yeah, the logo threw me <laughs> off there. The uh, Cancel everything I just said out. Uh, listen. He says the Huskies are getting rolled. <laughs> well, the problem is outside of Terrell Brown, they don't have that yeah. second consistent score. Jamal Bay has regressed in his career at Washington. It's incredible to see. Like, when he first got there and was like, okay, this is a promising player, to what he is now as a player, it's uh, it's it's disheartening, honestly. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I watched Washington against Stanford at, uh, at Maples about a week and a half ago Sunday. And I think it was uh, – the weekend between the Super Bowl and the championship game. And I'll tell you, it was one of the best bets of the college basketball season. No respect being given. I, I just think that outside of Brown, and he's going to be facing up against one of the bigger guards, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a tough matchup there. Wow. I, I didn't realize. I, I, I think I think Washington's ability to force turnovers can maybe keep them in the game somewhat. I'm just saying, I'm hoping they get to 60. If they get to 60, I think that they can do enough things defensively to kind of Throw off a USC team that's not the sharpest. Like you mentioned, like the game against Pacific, they were down double digits at home in the first half. Like I think that asking them to lay 11 and a half at home, they are a good team, but I think it's just a little much here in a conference game. I tend to agree with you in the sense that USC's offense is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think we'll see what happens. Um, it's some late night action for me there. So uh, both of us on the West Coast games here. St. Mary's, that's a really good play. I thought about I looked at that one hard. Uh, last night there, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to pull the trigger there. San Francisco's a pretty good team as well, but uh, I like it. If you can get two and a half, it's definitely two. I do like well, that two and a half. Even I would take it up to three, but to your point, if you're going to go on the road and win at Moraga, I'll take my chances. There's yep. just certain spots if you get beat, you get beat, and you live with the result. Yeah, no, that's a tough place to play there. The only team I see consistently play well is Gonzaga whenever they play well. Outside of them, it's a tough place well, for well, they're bringing team a stacked deck in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you also covered true. that team. Also true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, However, it's, it's the, the atmosphere whenever Gonzaga is in town is always the best. Like that's like they're always they're sold out, and it's about a hundred degrees in the gym because it's a small gym. You can't even find a seat. It's standing room only. But the Zags tend to play well because it's one of the few times that they actually get to play up and play a team that can walk and chew gum in that conference. <laughs> I think the league's been better than people realize so far this year, but you're right. Mm -hmm. But Gonzaga's talent is so far superior to the rest of the league. Want to get back to MVP. We talked about the straw poll from ESPN writer Tim Bontemps there. Joel Embiid is the guy who received 45 first-place votes. Nikola Jokic, 43 first-place votes. So now, when we look at the odds board for NBA MVP, I don't know if we have those graphics ready to roll there, but is there anywhere in terms of who you would bet on or who you think when you look at that voting list – 
might be able to make a strong case here with the remaining 25 games left in the regular season. I would say this, if you're looking to bet this right now, Embiid at plus 140, Jokic at 290, Giannis at 4-1, to one, Steph 8.5-1, to one, Morant 11-1, to one, and Paul 20-1. to one. Uh, Booker in there also at 20-1, to one, DeRozan 30-1. to one. Look, for me, I, I don't particularly like this bet because Embiid's a short number at plus 140, but I don't think he has such a significant lead where the Joker or Giannis couldn't theoretically catch him, mm-hmm. especially if we see more performances like we did against the Celtics from this Philadelphia team. I think how these teams finish out in the final quarter of the season is going to be very crucial to how the voting goes. Um, I do believe, though, if you like somebody who's a dog in this spot, this is a pretty good long shot opportunity because I don't feel it's as clear cut as maybe some other people do. Yeah, I'm looking at Chris Paul at 20 to 1 right there. I mean, I don't think I would bet it, but the fact that he and Devin Booker are both 20 to 1 over at DraftKings, Booker tied for 10th. In this straw poll, Chris Paul, number five there. So that goes to show you who the voters are going to give the credit to if it comes to it there for the Phoenix Suns because uh, they're the best record in the league. They have a chance that maybe 60 wins, probably going to win 60 games here in this season. So if they want, if they go by the wins, it's probably Chris Paul is a decent look here for league MVP. Any final thoughts for you before we wrap up the show? No. Uh, you know, I said in tonight in the association, I like the Hornets, so you probably want to take the other side, but I, I'm telling you <laughs> right now. Don't say that. I, listen, I'm a realist, man, and when it's college basketball, go against me. You'll probably lose long term, but, you know, in the short run, you might win. <laughs> that does it for odds on. He is Amal Shaw. I am Femi Abebefe. Coming up next here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It is Betting Across America, presented by Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.